March 6, 2022. Let's continue in Nefesh HaHayim and Sha'ar Dalid in Perek Kavzayim on page 761 here in the Blue Books. It says Nefesh HaHayim, Ve'odzot yetera erech v'yitron kedushata ha'noraam meha'olamot. You should know in addition to the Torah, as it was described earlier in terms of its effect, in terms of its reality in this world and beyond, you should know it has this status of sanctity, Nora means it's superior, so to speak, to the worlds. And what he's going to describe in just a moment is the following. You see, Kabbalistically speaking, in the world of Kabbalah, the vision is that everything we see in this world is, to a large extent, emanated from above, which means to say through several spheres, it makes its way into this world. And as we exist in this world, as we breathe and live in this world, we're envisioning or we're living with a reality which was in the eyes of the Mekubalim in their words, nit'ava became thicker, became physical, so to speak. And as a result, we lose sight, and we're not able to, certainly tangibly, but even in a metaphysical sense, experience the sanctity inherent in everything. That's going to be in contrast to Torah. In other words, he's going to describe Torah as being the only entity in this world which never lost that supernal nature. Everything else needs to take on a certain malbush, a certain physicality, lose and shed much of that spiritual, maybe it'll keep a spark of it, but reality as it was before it was nishtal she'el, min ha'onamot, Torah, he'll say in contrast, maintains that. And he'll say there are relevant ramifications in the halacha realm, which in turn take effect on Torah because of this reality. It says, so those are the words that I was referring to earlier. That's the channeling downward. He says all of existence, all of reality as we envision it and understand it is constantly being sustained by supernal upper worlds and as a result we now find them now it's true as i experience life here i have to imagine it as mirroring something that's above something that's beyond but ultimately speaking i'm experiencing it as a human being and it is taking on a different form it might mirror it might resemble something outside of this world but ultimately speaking it is of this world you understand that's an apology he says well if i'm if i'm in some way mirroring the above world so how could it be that you're diminishing in the stature and status of this world so he says listen it's true but the same way if i look in a mirror i'm not in the mirror seeing well, I am seeing, but I can't touch my body through the mirror. I'm not actually tapping into the existence, the reality as it is. I'm seeing the mirror reflection. So it says, similarly, it's existence as we know it. And this is an important fundamental, which he's glossing over and using it as, as an apology over here, right? That is that all that we experience in this world, we envision as really being the embodiment of beyond this world. That's a Kabbalistic uh, f- facet and feature which is dominant. It's as in, ta- in terms of envisioning and vis- visualizing all the world, you have to envision them and understand them all as one. Each of them are linked one to the other. He discussed this 
Shabbos in the earlier Sha'arim. He even mentioned it at one point in Sha'ar Dalit, Moshe Katubaret Hayim, Ayin Sham Sha'ar Dirushe Abia, Abia is Asilut Biria Yesira Asiya, Perek Dalit Sham Sha'ar Hashemot, Resh Perek Bet, Perek Aleph, you can look in the words of Marhu, uh, the, the statements of Arizal on this matter. Im Kolze Enosho Shaveh, Vidome Kelal. It says, nonetheless, the reflection or the emanation. Even though it resembles, it doesn't actually resemble. It says, ultimately speaking, when I look at the lower level existence, you have to imagine, you have to realize it's distant from that upper existence. That's the word that they use, as I mentioned earlier. Ave means something that's thick. It becomes physical, so to speak. It becomes diminished in its or uh, as they would use that sort of word. And as a result, it becomes diminished in its sanctity. I mean, I don't think this is, although it's, he's speaking in big words, it's not so hard to understand. If I look at a table, if I look at the floor, if I look at a tree, if I look at, I don't know, a building, if I look at a brick, and and all of these things, so I'll say to you, but it's all a manifestation of the source of all existence, it's a manifestation of God, really. So do you mean to tell me that I should be treating this table with sanctity? Perhaps, well, the answer is yes. But uh, should I therefore not be putting cups onto it? Should I not put my book and paper and cell phone onto it? Perhaps it's inappropriate. So we say, no, it might in some way, uh, not it might, it does in some way emanate from the source of all existence. It does in some way resemble and reflect godliness, but it's in this world. It was nitava, and as a result, we now treat it accordingly. This is once it makes it into this world, once it does exist in this world, I now envision and understand and treat it with less sanctity. Now, of course, that's the challenge. We mention it all the time, and we'll mention it in this Perik, to find the inherent Kiddushah in all, which means to say in every experience, in every circumstance, in every situation, even as the Hachamim say with Yeser Hara, perhaps specifically with Yeser Hara, you find the opportunity for Yeser Hara, which means to say through and through the concept that we live with, the mandate that we uh, that we live with, is one in which we're taking whole and in, not, not transforming, but finding the kedusha which is latent within it. But says Nefesh Hayim, ultimately speaking, we do treat Hall as Hall. We do talk about Hamavdil ben Kodesh le Hall. There is something called six days of the week. It's not all Shabbat. So I want to find an inherent Shabbat that that which is latent throughout. I understand, but it is Hall. He says that's all in contrast to Torah. Omnam haTorah kedusha afshigam hinishtal shelavi aredam mikor shoshah elyon bakodesh. Now he did describe Torah. In contrast to others, as really uh, emanating from above, above and beyond any of the olamot. Uh, that's to a certain extent his novelty. So he says, well, if it's coming from even more distant a place, well, we're not going to be able to appreciate it in this world with all of its splendor and sanctity and kedusha and tahara. Now, in truth, open up to the Torah, open up to Gemara, Masech Bava Mitziah, Masech Bava Kama. You're finding absolute Kiddushah in that? Come on, that's absolute Kiddushah. You're talking about matters from this world. Absolute Kiddushah, Shemot HaKiddushim. Absolute Kiddushah is a description of Maaseh Mekava, Maaseh Bereshit. The description will be such that Torah is unblemished. Torah maintains that stature and sanctity through and through. So it's true it has some sort of physical malbush with regards to us, 
but at its core, it's very different. It's in an absolutely different realm than the table in front of me. Yes? No, it's fascinating also you read this past parasha, though. If you look at all the matters at hand, the, uh, the Aron, it's made, it's made up of wood, it's made up of gold, it's made up of kosher. If you take each of those individual matters individually, Certainly. Certainly. See, okay, over there, I, I got you, Joe. So what you what you're arguing is again that that that's the other end of the of the, of the no no. What I'm saying is that's the other end of of the conversation. That's the end of the conversation that we can find latent within the whole the kodesh. So in the Mishkan, you take Mamash Hall, you take Zahav and Kesef, which is the lust, the desire of all. You take Lechem, which is our hedonistic drive, and so on and so forth. And you find within it that latent potential for Kedushah, absolutely. In contrast to that, he says, there's no such doing when it comes to Torah. Torah has no hall in it. That's his description. So in other words, in contrast to a realm and domain in this world within which I'll find hall, he says, Torah, which is the Klisha Ashuim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it never lost that at all. It's not, so to speak, it's not the challenge of us to find a latent Kiddushah. It, it is, as the, uh, the briskers would say, a Chetzash of Kiddushah. It is Kiddushah in and of itself. You're touching... I gave a class a week ago holding a piece of heaven or something like that. No, you're literally holding a piece of heaven. No, but it's not. It's talking about Shoshanagah Tapara. The suggestion is, or the, the statement is, but that is Kiddushah. That is the supernal Kiddushah right there. It says, Even though it has descended, so to speak, it's Nishtal Shel. It's Yaradamina Lamotarionim Kiddushah Tahari Shona. Those are words I love. Those are words which speak of origin. And when we're talking about hall in this world and finding the latent Kiddushah, we're certainly seeking origin. We're seeking the ulamot e'elyonim and finding that. He says, when it comes to Torah, you're staring at origin. What do you mean I'm staring? That's right, that is origin. It might have been tweaked to meet the needs of human beings, but ultimately speaking, diminished zero. Ka'e means standing, as it stands, so it stands in this world, as it stood, so it stands. So the statement in turn is, and this is an important litmus test, and this is what Nefesh HaChayim will use as his proving uh, uh, case. He says, for argument's sake, you're walking through mikomotam tunafim. You're walking through an objectively, and the hachamim objective, I'm not too hard, a dirty place. Are you allowed to think words of Torah? Well, I told you, letatar depanuimine, there's no place in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not present. So maybe not only can I think words of Torah in a dirty place, I should be thinking words of Torah in a dirty place. And this... Of all places, and he talked about this earlier. He talked about this in in Perik in Sha'ar Aleph in Perik Tetzayin, and he touched on this in one other place. This seems to be a polemic against Hasidut, because Hasidut, which called for, and we all do in all contexts of life, finding kedushah seemed to be willing to be malleable a little bit, to stretch it a bit to the extent that, well, maybe you shouldn't over here, but let's, let's inject, let's find Kiddushah over here as well. Whereas his statement is, but there are objective realities. The objective reality is that it's Asur in that context. Why should it be Asur? And I'm finding the Kodesh within the hall. He says, because Torah is Kiddushah itself. 
and therefore it's inappropriate and asur to treat it with to treat it within the context of Chol. He gives several other examples. The Gemaran Masechet Sanhedrin, Dafsaditet has this derashan, this pasuk, double wording of you shall surely be cut off, the understanding being both from this world and from the world to come. And the statement in the pasuk is Devar Hashem Baza, you were uh, shameful to the word of God. Uh, well, what's that referring to? We can only imagine Ahu or something or another. So we saw several other suggestions in earlier. Pirakim says, Nefesh HaChaim over here, another opinion in the Gemara is it's a person who thinks about Torah Can you imagine? The statement is that you inappropriately have manipulated Torah to the extent that you've injected it into Hall. Oh, that's inappropriate. That's what, that, okay. Okay, what I'm telling you is, that is at the core of all wrongful manipulation and, and, and turning Torah into what human beings believe it could or should be without accepting it as an entity. says If you touch a Sefer Torah, in the physical sense, you just touch it. Arum means without something separating between your hand, your body, and the Torah. Nikbar arum mitzvah, so to speak, you get buried naked from that mitzvah. In other words, you did the wrong thing, pretty bad thing. It's an halakha class, which should have, probably have in the past, but the statement is, according to the Mekubalim, you're not allowed to transport a sefer from one place to another place. Now, of course, we know there are ways appropriate to do so, but the statement is, you can't just, even even from a synagogue to another synagogue, you can't do so. Why not? The statement again is, oh, I'm, I'm just transporting Kedushah, but it's Kedushah omedet, which means to say Torah, in contrast to anything and everything else where you're commanded, manipulated, find the Kedushah latent in it. It is Kedushah. To the extent that it's what injects the kedusha, so you're now gonna be me'arev divrei hol into it. Fascinating in parentheses. The parentheses are when you're in a makom metunaf. So listen, you're a human being, and a human being has a certain certain capacity to have a sechel, to have a conscious thought, thought process, and that thought process can and will find within it certain kiddushah, so to speak. So it's not as if you have to turn off your mind. I mean, it's said about his rabbi, about Gaon Mivilna, that he studied all sorts of sciences in the bathroom. But his uh, apprehension, his understanding, of his, his, his comprehension of Torah was a conduit to kiddushah. So, so, so there are permitted circumstances, but not Torah. It's a fascinating distinction because that's, again, it touches on what I've discussed in the past, and that's the following. If, as Harambam tells us, we're supposed to live the world in this conscious way in which I find Kiddushah in all, I find godliness in all, so perhaps, and we don't, I should say, Birkata Torah, the Birkata Torah. I wake up in the morning, I have to study for my science test, I say, Birkata Torah. Why not? 
Ultimately speaking, I'm finding him in everything. I'm finding him in all. We do have a dividing line over there. It's hard to clearly demarcate. It's difficult to designate what is and what isn't. But ultimately speaking, there is a separation over here. And in turn, his statement is, it's not as if you can't think positive and appropriate thoughts in Mekomotam Tunafim, but we draw the line at Divre Torah. What's his definition of Divre Torah? Maybe it's Hamishach Mshe Torah. Maybe it's Tanakh. He says, no, even Negaim and Aholot, even Tuman Tahara, matters which you'd imagine are rabbinic in nature and not absolutely relevant. Yes, Dan? Doctor. It seems like we're, when we usually when we think the way the Ramban approaches it, we think of the word kedusha as meaning to designate something, as opposed to we can't clearly the way we're reading this chapter, we cannot use the, the definition for kedusha here as designated or assigned to something. Uh, why not? Why not? Because he could, you're, the, the whole idea that I could be in the bathroom and, and there is kedusha here, just that whole concept, right? I would say that uh, the bathroom was designated as well. Was designated as possible. We wouldn't be having this discussion of, oh, I'm in the bathroom and I feel, you know, Hashem is present, so that could be. Uh, again, you, you mix, in my opinion, you're mixing up two, uh, two, two, uh, two visions, two vantage points. On the one hand, we in this world have distinguished, we've been Mavdil ben Kodesh Lechol. On the other hand, and that's the flip side of it, if I'm to envision it all as emanating from the source of existence being God, so then there is no distinction. Then kedusha, so shed the word kedusha and say it's all reality, it's all existence. Right, I'm saying the way he's using the word kodesh, he's using it as. Kodesh. I don't think so, because again, he's describing this world as whole, mekomotam tunafim, in contrast to Torah. So call Torah designated, but the designated, the absolute designated, the designated okay, with the capital designated, B. Designated, it's not. It's, it's a conscious decision. So if I'm learning signs. I consciously didn't assign signs as as holy. Right? I, I understand I can connect to Hashem. You are right. And that's... So then that's why I can learn it in the bathroom. But it was a choice because we didn't designate it if we changed our mind. And if you, and he, I believe, would go along with this, if you determined, I'm studying science not only for a job, which you did, but not only for a job, I'm studying it to get close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you could still do it in the bathroom. I'm certain about that. Even though, quote, it was designated as matters of Kiddusha, that's the halakha. There's a, there's a mahluk in the aharonim, are you allowed to think, which is the same question, about ahavat Hashem in the bathroom. Thoughts of, define accordingly, ahavat Hashem, which Bam says is when you're filled with a constant thought of Him. You're allowed to do that in the bathroom. So that's, that's absolute designation, clear. Nonetheless, it's permitted, which is hard to fully understand. That's what I'm saying, to, ironically, to designate, to distinguish between kiddushah uh, of Torah and all others, not so simple. But he's, he's drawing some sort of contrast because he's suggesting one has an essence inherent to it, that's Torah, and the other has, so to speak, a realized essence, which is latent. That's his distinction. Difficult, but that's what he's doing throughout. Uh, and again, it, it comes back to that conversation one of my father's ha- friends had with me 15 years ago, and he said to me, whatever, at the crux of at some point, whatever, and he says, so do you, would you, I was, I was far from, from university, so would you make a Birkata Torah on science books? I said, of course not. So he said, why not? Isn't that also Kedushat? So 
So, well, we have designations of what we say. And so he, he, he challenged me. So I came to something along these lines, which is a difficult determination. And he says, that's furthermore the statement of Zohar, that the Torah and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are one. Again, stating that Torah is the essence of Kiddushah. In other words, it's not something which we realize, Danny, but it's rather the essence of Kiddushah to the extent that there are halachot, as he's suggesting and setting forth, that are relevant to Torah as opposed to all other. But I've designated this as Kiddushah, but it has leniencies. This is Kiddushah itself. You see what he concludes with, and that's what I'd like to tease out a little bit, is the following. It's what we were just discussing, Dr. Masri. It's the same point, and that is, well, on the one hand, there's reality as it meets our eyes, and on the other hand, there's reality as we, so to speak, accept it. If there's reality as we, so to speak, accept it, it means that Kiddushah pervades. It means that all is Kiddushah to the extent that you wouldn't use the word Kiddushah. When it's all saying, it's all godliness. It's all HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That is existence in total, and as a result, there's no distinction between time. There's no past, present, and future. It's all all one, there's no difference between entities, it's all one, it all is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I'm not using the word Kiddushah for you. On the other hand, there's the world in which we live, and that's what he's distinguishing between at the end. He says, listen, you have to live in this world, and you have to understand within this world, you're going to find Hol and Kodesh. Your challenge is to find some sort of symmetry, some sort of enmeshing between the two. But ultimately speaking, there is a distinction, but there isn't. That's the challenge throughout, and I want to demonstrate it, and it's not something we haven't discussed, but it's a point which arises if you think about existence through these lenses again and again and again. For example, the Gemara Masech Berachot Nef Kafbet Amud Aleph has the statement of Rabbi Yudah Ben Betera here in source number one, and the statement is effectively that a Baal Keri is allowed to study Torah. A person who is, objectively speaking, Tameh is allowed to study Torah. He's Doresh from a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Allah Kodevarai Kaesh Neum Adonai. The Pasuk says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kivyach through the Navi is saying about himself, he's ish, the same way ish, fire isn't mekabil tumah, so too divrei Torah are not mekabilim tumah. Says the Gemara Ma'aseh, Talmid HaChach, Haya Megamgem, Lema'alam Erbiubda Ben Betera, there was a student who was stuttering, not supposed to study or stutter when you learn Torah. The Gemara Masechet Kiddushin says, V'shinnantam is sheyu divrei Torah mehudadim b'ficha. It's supposed to be sharp to the extent that if someone asks you a question, Al-Tigamgem, don't stutter, Ela emor lo miyad, so to speak. If you're woken up in the middle of the night, you should be able to respond to that divar halacha, to that divar Torah, something I can only dream of doing, no pun intended, but you know, there have been... There's been a few points in my life, not that I was able to do that, but I, I remember when I got married to my wife, I told her, there were points in my life where I was sick, like, you know, the hallucinating sickness, where the loop in my mind was Torah. That was, that was the type of life I was living at the time, and as a result, I said to her, that's why I want to get in our marriage. I want to get back to that point where Torah is like, ah, whatever. Unfortunately, you know, this world has a way of 
changing things. I, I'd like to say it's all Torah, my kids' nonsenses and everything and anything else. It's all Torah, but it's no longer migos and hazakas and tartelere utas as it once was. Anyway, but that's the same in the Gemara. Now here, the same in the Gemara over here is this student is migamgem. Says Rabbi Udab bin Metera, I know why you're stuttering. You're a little bit nervous to speak over here. No trepidation. You should know. Even if you're a Baalkeri, open your mouth. Petah bini, petah picha. Ya'iru devarecha. Let your word shine because Torah is not susceptible to Tum'ah, you're okay speaking it. Harambam, in source number three, has a well-known statement, he reflects this halacha. That's the minhag. The minhag is, although there are some, if not many today, who make certain to not be Baal Keri at the start of the day, but anyway, the halacha is that you're allowed to be, and I, I should, in parentheses, point out that a shower, nonetheless, according to most poskim, will suffice for not being a Baal Keri who carries that Tum'ah. But there's some who go to the Mikveh anyway, but it's Mutar even if you didn't shower. Says Arambam, their Tahora, the purity of Torah is uh, eternally uh, eminent. It should be. Source number four has a very basic. A question. He says, what about the halacha we've been discussing until now? Remember the halacha we discussed? We mentioned the Nefesh HaChayim. You're not allowed to be maharher. Not allowed to even be thinking about thoughts of Torah and komotam tunafim in dirty places. Why not? Haram, abisir, inappropriate. I don't understand what's inappropriate. Divrei Torah, not mikabelim tumah. Do you understand the question? It's a very basic question. You're allowed to um, ta- be involved with Torah, study Torah when you're Baal Keri, but you're not when you're in mikomot metunafim. What's the difference? If Torah is not susceptible to Tumah, then Torah is not susceptible to Tumah. Suggests Kesef Mishner, Biosef Karo, in his first answer, he suggests that it's a distinction between how we see it. He says, whereas on the one hand, the person who's a Baal Keri isn't involved, doesn't see and feel and smell and touch that Tum'ah as he's studying Torah, it happens to be that his body is, bim, bim, is, is in a Tameh state. That's in contrast to a person who's walking through, situated in a makom metunaf. You're in the bathroom, you're walking through a dirty alleyway, you're in the garbage dump. In those circumstances, it's all around you. You smell it, you touch it, you feel it. That's the difference. Do you understand what he's stating? He's stating, Rabbi Yosef Karo, the difference that we discussed earlier. On the one hand, technically speaking, in reality, I should say better, there is no Tum'ah, that's appropriate for Torah. Torah transcends. Why does it transcend? Because all is kadosh. Ultimately speaking, let atad de panuimine, there's no place in this world within which you won't find a latent ability to find God. Well, that being the case, mekomotam tunafim are a part of it as well. Divre Torah, namikabelim tum'ah, because it's all kadosh, it's all tahor. Oh, but it doesn't seem that that's right. What it doesn't seem like to you is the world we live in, a, in as human beings. We live in a world of Peruda in which we have Kodesh and we have Hall. It might be an illusion, but it's an illusion we have to contend with. And as a result, as I contend with that, and I'm holding in my mind, in my hands, Torah, Kedushah, I can't in the objective human sense enter into a Makom Metunaf. I can't be involved with Tum'ah. But there is Tumah, that Tumah that's on my body. Let's see past it. Let's say Torah transcends because it's not Mechabil Tumah. 
to the extent that, again, that's the challenge of all. On the one hand, when we envision and understand HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we accept Him as being Yod Kevav which is the opposite of what it sounds like. It sounds like He was, He will be, and He is. No, it's that He's all at once. There's this ability for us to accept that He transcends time to the extent that he's the living force that is at all times present in past, present, and future, difficult, certainly before Einstein, certainly after Einstein, it's still difficult, but it's a statement of HaKadosh Baruch Hu being above time. There is no time which is nitpas legabe. On the other hand, we live in, uh, but, but Jared, uh, we, we yeah, are- It sounds like, it sounds like that he's above, that he, But Jared, I'm using it as a vantage point, but I'll, I'll inject it to your makom. I'm sorry to do this. But on the makom, why is it a makom etunaf? Because in this moment, it appears to be dirty. If I'm above that, if, if in this moment is beyond that, which means to say all of existence is God, that's not metunaf. It appears to be metunaf. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's hard to, 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 to place that in your mind because it is metunaf. I'm touching it. But ultimately speaking, if even if, if time is a non-entity for God, so place to a large extent is a non-entity. It's all a facade. That's, that's this tzimtzum and reshimu which, within which we live. But so I'm going to tell... I'm going to... So I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you we do that with Zeman as well. The Torah tells no 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 the Torah tells us to do it with Zeman as well. What what Shabbat if not a Zeman of Kedusha? What are the holidays if not Zemanim of Kedusha? Which means to say it's not only Makom it's Makom and Zeman but that's for human beings. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, the concept is such that all of these entities which are human, this worldly entities and realities, we accept, we embrace, we seek to transcend, we try to get to a point where we can see past it, but ultimately speaking, we have to respect them. What, in what capacity do we respect them? In the capacity that we as human beings can appreciate and understand them. And that's why we'll distinguish. If it's a Baal Kedi, well, I don't as a human being necessarily appreciate the Tumah over here, I'll, I'll plug into the world, the God domain. When it's a makom metunaf, which I feel and touch and smell, that's where I'll, so to speak, for a second, tap out of that God domain. It reminds me of in halacha, for example, the halacha is, you know, there was the question maybe 20 years ago or so in New York about the water, if the water was kosher to drink or not. Why should it not be kosher? Because there are tiny organisms and bugs in it, and that's uh, not kosher, and you're going to be drinking them. And so the question was very, very basic. Can the naked eye make out these animals and these organisms and these bugs? If the answer is no, then they don't exist. What do you mean they don't exist? Well, scientifically prove to you they do exist. I don't understand. The answer is you live in this world and you're a human being. Microscopes are not a halachic entity. Human beings are a halachic entity. It comes up in the context of arba'at haminim. You ever see those pictures of individuals who have the magnifying glass microscope looking at the etrog. Beautiful. Ze'eli van veu, fantastic. Itna'el fanav b'misvot. 
but it's not halacha. It's completely unnecessary. Completely and fully, unless they're looking for maybe haser, because that's an objective reality. That, but if it's haser, it's but also going to meet the eye. Yeah, that's the point. Right? So, so again, why do I mention that in this context? Because it's the same point. And was, I'm accepting that this world is above, uh, that the, in reality it's above all time and place. It's godly in form and nature. But ultimately speaking, the way I need to act is such as if there is time and place. It's for that reason, says Nefesh Hayim. On the one hand, Torah, our words, on the one hand, Torah is in Amikabelim Tumah. On the other hand, it is the entity, the existence of Kedushah, and we have to appreciate that in a world and say it's different than everything else. I can't think it in Makom Metunaf. To the extent that earlier, right before Sha'udalid, Nefesh Hayim has these Pirakim. He has several chapters in which he has a separate conversation, many things which uh, coincide and, and, and are symmetrical with what he writes in the Shi'arim uh, before and after. And in, the, in a well-known one in Perek Zayn here in source number six, he talks about something we talked about a few weeks ago, and that's Aver Ali Shema. He says, uh, before the Torah was given, the Chachamim say in several places that Ha'avot Kimu Kola Torah Kula. Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, even Noah, another Midrash he doesn't cite it, even Adam Arishon are fulfilling the entire Torah. What does that mean? It says Nefesh Haim, don't think that it means the Torah as we know it. That's not what it means. What do you mean? Of course it's a, He says it means conceptually they tapped into the truths of our Torah and they applied it accordingly, which means to say it's very possible, as we saw with Avraham, although the Midrash tries to deal with it, that he was eating lo aleinu basar bechalab, but not lo aleinu. How could he be eating basar bechalab? Because he tapped into the truth of Torah and in turn determined and understood that in his circumstance and context it wasn't a place says so maybe the more we develop ourselves the more we understand quote unquote the God dimension of life the words we're using today the above time the above place we too can violate Torah quote unquote we can tap into a more supernal Torah we can tap into a Torah above and beyond do away with this law system says Nefesh Hayim has a hundred thousand times a million times why so he says Torah in this world is a loba shamayim he existence which means the same the same way we're not looking in microscopes to determine the halacha the same way i'm not going to say well it's a makom etunaf can it's a makom etunaf it's not really akadosh baruch is present there the same way i'm going to accept that torah conflicts with whole i'm going to say it is the entity the existence of kiddushah in contrast to all that which surrounds it so too i'm going to accept these mitzvot and study them and appreciate them and fulfill them as they're given to me as a human being in this world according to my capacity which the torah conformed or or confined for me structured for me through its mitzvot and averot in some what's that yes Yes, before the Torah was given to human beings, it was Bashamayim. It was Bashamayim, and as a result, he appreciated it. Bashamayim, it's exactly the point. Yeah. But then, wouldn't that somewhat contrast Rambam's from the Torah is unchanging? The Torah there was no Torah, Joe. Before the Torah was given to us. That's right. It's still an absolute reality, but it still is and was and will be above place and time. Anyway, but one second. But the statement nonetheless goes as follows. Before it was handed to human beings, in the malbush of human beings, so then it was appreciated and fulfilled as a 
supernal uh, uh, reality, which meant to say you determined and you understood and you appreciated. There are some Kadmonim who suggest that's what Chaita Ayegel was really all about. Chaita Ayegel was Am Yisrael tapping into what they believed were realities or newer realities. And this was the way to connect to God in that moment, potentially. And they were still wrong. They're still wrong. Why is that wrong? They were doing it with the right intention. They may have even gotten it right. It's wrong. Once the Torah is given, it's Loba Shamaimi. Once we had Ma'amad Har Sinai, once we have the existence of Torah in this world, you have to appreciate and approach it as Loba Shamaimi. This is our book to appreciate. So Nefesh Shahaim, where he spends much time and energy in Peter Kafzain here in Sha'ad Dalit, describing how Torah contrasts with all else in this world, therefore tells us Torah is that absolute entity of Kiddushah, to the extent that ha, you can't be holding a Sefer Torah Arum, to the extent that in Mekomot Metunafim you can't be involved in Torah, but wait a second, he asks himself in the final paragraph, but it's all Kiddushah, you can't use the word Kiddushah, answers Nefesh Hayim, but we live as human beings and we have to live as human beings to the extent that although I will at once accept godliness, divinity, as out of this world, out of state of mind of a human being, I at the same time need to practice it and appreciate it and involve myself in it as a human being. Baruch Amen. Amen. Amen.